Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Kaderna Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna. So on today's episode, we're going to discuss the biggest headline in news, which is the recent Fed rate hike. But before we go there, if you're new to the show, this is the place where we break down all key things going on in the economy, provide you some personal financial planning tips, and also interview some of the best minds in business today. And the goal is, is to help you achieve wealth. And that is wealth in its original meaning, which is a state of well-being. So let's get right to it. Earlier this week on Wednesday, May 4th, the Federal Open Market Committee, or FOMC, voted unanimously to raise the Fed funds rate by 0.5%, or 50 basis points. This brings the rate up to 0.9%. The Open Market Desk at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York will then use all operations necessary to keep this rate within a target range of 0.75% and 1%. Now, this is the second rate hike in the past two months, and it is the largest since the year 2000. So if you're wondering why did this happen and what's it mean to me, let me help you make sense of it all. Is going to require work and time and sweat and toil. If money wasn't an issue, what would I be doing? Don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. Change the only constant. The Kadena Podcast. So as I mentioned, on Wednesday this week, the Fed increased the Fed funds rate by 50 basis points. Now, as a quick background, the Fed meets eight times annually, or about every six weeks, uh, not counting any emergency sessions. The purpose of the Fed is they are tasked with a dual mandate of maintaining price stability throughout the country and pursuing maximum employment. So keep that in mind as we move forward. Those two goals, that's really why the Fed exists. That's their purpose. They're an apolitical organization, uh, really out for the interests of all Americans. All right, so why did this happen on Wednesday? Why the rate hike? In short, it's because of inflation. All right, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell made an opening statement at his press conference in which he spoke directly to the American people, and he commented that inflation is, quote, much too high. All right, I think this is something that we're all getting familiar with and seeing rising prices pretty much across the board. And it really came into play, I would say, last fall of 2021, around October or November, uh, when data was coming out that showed inflation was red hot. Now, in regards to price stability, which essentially is inflation, the Fed adheres to a long-term goal of 2% inflation. All right, the Personal Consumption Expenditures Index, or the PCE Index, rose a staggering 6.6% over the past 12 months, which just, again, reiterated how quickly inflation is going up right now. Uh, also, if you look at the CPI, uh, you'll notice those numbers have been extremely high over the past six, seven months or so. So in addition, the Fed is not only raising interest rates to try and combat inflation, and I'll talk about how exactly that works in a second, but the other tool that they're using is they're going to significantly reduce the size of their balance sheet. All right, so as the pandemic was raging and there was a lot of fiscal and monetary reaction to try and combat the effects of uh, the coronavirus pandemic, the Fed not only was cutting interest rates to rock bottom, uh, but they were also expanding their balance sheet tremendously, buying treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. 
And what that was doing is they were essentially pumping cash into the economy and just flooding the economy with liquidity so that we could try and get through that period of time. Now, kind of going in reverse, of course, we have this rate hike. And the other tool that they're using is they're letting these assets on their balance sheet roll off. So starting on June 1st, uh, next month, they're going to let $30 billion of treasury securities roll off monthly for the next three months. Thereafter, they're going to let $60 billion of treasuries uh, roll off of their balance sheet. Okay, so this is restricting a little bit of the cash flow floating throughout our economy. Now, Jerome Powell, the Fed chairman, said the effect of shrinking the balance sheet is kind of equivalent to if they were to raise interest rates uh, by another 0.25%. So it's not as dramatic as rate hikes or rate cuts, um, but it is just another tool at their disposal. And it's a little more uncertain as well as what that effect is. Uh, so interest rate manipulation will always be the primary tool. And then the buying and selling of these securities is kind of like a supplement to that. Okay. So in plain English, uh, why did the Fed decide to do this and why did they do it now? The fact of the matter is there's just way too much money floating around the American economy. And what that's doing is it's propping up demand of all varieties, any sector, any market, the demand is up, there's cash available for that demand, but the crisis is there's not a, enough supply to meet those demands. So when you have this mismatch of supply and demand, naturally prices are going to go up. You have more people bidding for one house with more dollars available, that's going to force the price up. You have less cars on the, the lot available and more people wanting to buy those cars, it's going to force the price up. And that's happening in all different markets right now. All right. When the coronavirus pandemic, you know, arrived on the scene, uh, it shocked our economy. Um, it led to supply chain issues. One of the big one was uh, shortages in semiconductor chips. That's what's really impacting, particularly like the car prices and used car prices. Uh, we had a great resignation. Okay. So that really shrunk the labor market. Okay. So we lost a lot of workers that they didn't all come back yet to the economy. They just retired maybe a little earlier than anticipated. And then, of course, we had the recent war in Ukraine that's still going on, which kind of cut the commodity patch in half and uh, naturally affected oil prices around the globe. And then most recently, you have the uh, COVID-related shutdowns in China. Okay, China, obviously, an enormous manufacturing center for the entire world has taken a very strict stance on uh, their recent spikes in COVID, and that's just leading to even more supply chain issues. So when you take these supply chain issues and you pair them up with the residual effect of enormous monetary and fiscal reactions over the past couple of years, and you're hit with a unique type of inflation. So back in the fall, when inflation really kind of uh, arrived on the scene, the Fed and, and Fed Chairman Jerome Powell were apt to say that this type of inflation was going to be transient, meaning that it wasn't here to stay. It was just kind of passing. It was kind of a pop because of a supply chain issue here, or a supply chain issue there, and then also some overflow of money from the trillions of dollars of stimulus that just kind of had to work its way through the economy. All right, I think that was obviously a viewpoint with some rose-colored glasses 
and that trillions of dollars don't just kind of evaporate over a short few months. And some of these supply chain issues, you just don't correct overnight. And here now we're seeing inflation being higher than expected and lasting you know, longer than the Fed originally expected. So this mismatch, again, of supply and demand is forcing consumers and businesses to pay more for everything. Now, in an ideal world, we would say, okay, well, supply is going to pick right back up because we have to fulfill all of these demands. And then that might negate the need for the Fed's involvement of you know, raising interest rates or you know, letting their securities fall off the balance sheet. However, like a, a business owner who needs to balance their cash flow, they might have two options. We can try and work harder, come up with new innovation and drive profits, but that could take time and there's no guarantee that that goal materializes when we need it to. Or that business owner can say, okay, well, we'll just lay off a couple of employees and that way we're cutting costs and that has an immediate effect on our cash flow. The Fed is essentially taking that approach. And what they're doing is they're moving over to what's known as a restrictive policy to get back closer to what's called a neutral stance in terms of interest rates. So over the past several years, interest rates have been at rock bottom since the pandemic. So they'd like to get that closer to 2% or so. So what they're doing is taking this restrictive approach of restricting the money supply. And when they restrict the money supply, that has an immediate effect on demand. And so the goal that the Fed is aiming for is they're trying to reduce some of the demand. That's really all that they can control is reduce the American demand for goods and services by reducing the money supply so that now we start to kind of bring demand in balance with supply. And you're probably saying, well, that seems like the wrong way to go about it. Why don't we crank up supply to meet all this demand that we have and all this money that we have out there? But like I just alluded to, that takes time and there's no guarantee as to when that happens. And while we sit around and we wait for supply to catch up, guess what? The prices of everything and the inflation just continue to move higher and higher. So again, higher interest rates, the ultimate goal uh, is to naturally slow demand by reducing the money supply so that demand can slow down and meet up with our labor market and our manufacturing supply. And then the outcome, hopefully, is to re restore price stability, okay? And kind of get a control on this inflation to bring it closer to the 2% target uh, that we have over time. All right, hopefully that kind of makes sense here. Again, all about supply and demand. The Fed, by I know I keep saying they're reducing the money supply, but what the Fed is doing is they're controlling demand. That's ultimately what they have access to right now is the control on demand. And they need the demand to go down, okay? Essentially less people buying cars at a certain price, less people buying houses at a certain price, less people buying goods at a certain higher inflated price. And so that the supply catches up and we restore that price stability. So you might be saying, well, why are we doing that right now? I mean, it sounds like, you know, things are kind of tough. We're seeing the stock market go down and now you're essentially forcing us Americans to swallow some medicine and kind of fight fire with fire. Like, is this the right time to do that? 
So there's never a perfect time for anything in finance. Okay, that's something that we know. You can never call it perfectly, but you do the best you can with the circumstances that we're living through. So what the Fed looked at is twofold. From an optimistic standpoint, they said right now we have a very tight labor market. Okay, the March unemployment figures were about 3.6%, which is very, very low. So that's, that's good news. You know, very low unemployment. Usually when you think about a recession, there's very high unemployment. Right now, unemployment's very low. Uh, there's, you know, not a lot of jobs to be, uh, you know, or I should say there are a lot of jobs to be filled. Um, so it's a great time to be a worker. And at the same time that we're having this inflation, we're seeing uh, record increases in wage growth, okay? Um, so you're seeing people that are able to go out there and work jobs, even as, a, a, say, a lifeguard or at a restaurant at rates that are so much higher than they were just five, six years ago, okay? So that's, that's obviously good for the labor market, but it's also kind of tough for businesses that are saying, well, we're, we're paying these folks a lot of money and then they're, they're leaving us, so they don't want to work here. And a little bit of the residual effect of that enhanced unemployment benefits that were flowing through the economy just a year ago. Okay. But I digress a little bit of that uh, in that regard. So while this medicine may be tough to swallow, the FOMC felt very confident in its timing, saying that it's not a tough time all around. Okay. By many measures, the economy is doing well. Um, there's expectations of solid economic growth this year for 2022. Uh, most business investment metrics have been pretty strong. And like I just mentioned a moment ago, there's a plenty of job opportunities out there uh, with wages that have been increasing at record rates. So those are good signs. Now, ideally, the labor supply would grow to meet all of this pent up demand as these employers struggle to fill jobs. But the Fed is looking to slow demand first to try and balance this labor market. And in a similar fashion, you know, manufacturing supply would catch up to get consumers, you know, our cars, our oil, our other resources. Uh, but increased borrowing costs through these higher interest rates are going to slow some of the consumer demand and again, relieve some of the pressure on what we have in the way of supply. So you're hearing two things. From an optimistic standpoint, the economy's not all that bad. The market is, stock market is still near an all-time high. Real estate prices are at all-time highs. So the Fed's saying, you know, this is a time to do it. But the real reason from a kind of a realistic standpoint, not a pessimistic standpoint, but a real standpoint, is that the Fed had to. Okay, price stability is getting so out of whack, inflation's running so red hot that the Fed has to do this. This is one of their dual mandates is to maintain price stability. And a lot of people are saying, well, why didn't the Fed do this back in the fall or back in the winter when we knew inflation was already here? You know, aren't they a little bit behind the curve right now? Are they? Yes, they are behind the curve. And now they're trying to make up some ground. Because remember, their commentary back in the fall is that inflation was transient. It's here today. It'll be gone tomorrow. We're okay. Uh, in reality, now we're seeing inflation is sticking around. So you could say that they were wrong in that initial assessment. And now they're using the tools necessary to, to rein things back in. 
So what does all of this mean essentially to you and me and just the average Americans out there and to business owners throughout the country? All right. Again, one might initially think if we're raising interest rates, that's making things tougher during an already tough time where we have inflation and higher costs. And that assumption's accurate. All right. The Fed chairman on Wednesday, he did not shy away from that, saying that interest rate hikes are a short term pain for a long term gain and that the purpose of the Fed is to focus on medium and long term prosperity. So he wasn't being insensitive to the fact that this can hurt the American consumer in the near term. We have inflation still here. You know, prices aren't going to drop immediately. So we're paying more for our goods and services And then they're essentially restricting our money supply and making this stuff cost more because you're going to see interest rates on mortgages go up, interest rates on auto loans go up, interest rates on credit cards go up. So it's making things even more costly uh, for the average Joe out there. But when demand is outpacing supply by such a wide margin, they need to do everything they can to try and get inflation back to that 2% target. And the Fed, they can play demand side economics by cutting this money supply, which I know I keep going back to, uh, but that's what they're doing by raising the interest rate. So people are going to naturally have some less money to spend and less money to invest. And it appears that these realities will hit the most vulnerable populations first, um, which are folks who are on a fixed income or representing the lower income segment. However, what Powell and the Fed kept trying to emphasize is that entrenched inflation and continued rising costs of living represent a much greater risk to these populations than a short-term shock of higher interest rates. So again, the the Fed is considering all markets, not just housing, not just equities. Uh, And it's, it's natural that when interest rates go up, you're going to see it hit the stock market first. Uh, because the stock market really is a forward-looking metric. And as they shrink the liquidity flowing throughout our economy, uh, that has a negative effect initially on the stock market. Now, you might be saying, well, how come when Powell was speaking on Wednesday, if you were watching any of the news networks, while he was talking, you were seeing the stock market climb and climb and climb. The reason was is that the stock market already in the past few weeks was contemplating, well, what if the Fed raises interest rates by 0.75%, which was a real possibility. All right. So the market had been taking a hit over the past few weeks, um, you know, in anticipation of this possibility. So when the Fed came out on Wednesday and said, we're going to raise interest rates, but we're only going to do it by 0.5%, it was essentially welcome news. It was, it was better than what could have been worse news, we'll say. And so all sectors gained substantially as Powell was speaking, um, you know, on his plan for 2022 and the options that they had at their disposal, you know, amidst a relatively strong economy. However, the following day, uh, which was yesterday, Thursday of this week, we saw what uh, followed they call a relief rally with a reality check and that was okay the fed raised interest rates but the markets are still thinking they're way too far behind the curve that inflation is here inflation's red hot and we're a little bit too late and we're doing a little bit you know not enough we'll say in the way of uh, the fed reaction 
And that's what caused, you know, the markets to really go down yesterday is um, that kind of harsh reality that everybody was reassessing the Fed's move, uh, possibly being inadequate and again, a little bit too late. Okay. So America has witnessed several of its longest economic expansions over the past 40 years. And the reason for that is it was tied to very long periods of low inflation, uh, such as what had essentially happened since 2008 up until last year uh, was, you know, very low interest rates, very low inflation and very good stock market, very good economy. So right now we're dealing with inflation and it's something that's relatively new to a lot of folks out there. Uh, and it's considered, you know, the cruelest tax of all is what a lot of economists call inflation because it hits every aspect of the economy and it leaves the most vulnerable populations least prepared to handle it. So the Fed is going to continue to play its role in controlling price stability and trying to keep a low level of unemployment. But there's a lot of near-term discomfort, uh, you know, when they have to implement some of these changes to rein in inflation. So we'll see what this is going to do for long-term prosperity and their ultimate goal of price stability, low unemployment. But along the way, there's going to be some medicine to take in the way of continued rate hikes. And we'll see how well the market or stock market is already kind of baking that into their price. Uh, you know, as you see some of this volatility working its way through the market right now. So I know I just spewed out quite a bit of information. You might have to go back and re-listen to a couple parts of this, uh, this episode. But in short, the Fed has decided to raise interest rates. They have been clear in their communication that they'll continue to raise interest rates uh, throughout the remainder of this year, most likely by another 0.5% margin at each of their meetings. They have not ruled out going as high as 0.75% rate hikes. Um, so the stock market is considering that as well, that possibility still being there. And the reason why is just simply there's a mismatch of supply and demand. Hopefully, you know, a lot of the economy can return to, you know, a strong labor market, um, being able to fulfill these jobs more graduates coming in ready to replace the great resignation. And hopefully we can have these short-term issues such as the China shutdown, uh, the Ukraine war. If some of these things can get resolved and stabilize commodity prices, stabilize the manufacturing supply chain, uh, restore what we need in the way of the microchips that create and allow every piece of technology that we use every day. If we can have that supply pick up, that will resolve a lot of our demand issues. But in the interim, the Fed is going to continue to raise interest rates and suppress demand so that we can reach that equilibrium. And naturally, when we suppress demand, uh, it's not the best thing for a overall economy in the near term. And that's where we're going to have to wait and see uh, as to what that does to our home prices to our investment portfolios and things of that nature. And one thing I didn't touch on folks is I know a lot of people say, well, when I look at my investments, I understand what interest rates are doing to the stock market, but what about the bond market? Aren't bonds supposed to be quote unquote fixed income instruments or a little bit more of a safe haven 
when we look at equities versus fixed income. Bonds, which we won't get into a whole lot right now, are kind of like a seesaw, where when I go out and I buy a bond at a certain interest rate, and then the Fed comes out next month and says, well, we're raising interest rates across the board, new bond issues now are at that higher rate, which made the bond I was previously holding less valuable. So now we have rising interest rates also reducing the value of my existing bonds. And that's where that seesaw effect of rising interest rates uh, causing us to actually lose value in fixed income kind of happens in tandem with restricting the money supply, forcing down the value of equities or the stock market. And that's why this is a unique year in which you're seeing a lot of stock prices go down at the same time that a lot of bond prices go down. So again, all of that really being an effect of rising interest rates, restricting the money supply for a short-term pain, hopefully for the long-term gain of price stability. And then once we have price stability, you know everything can kind of move forward there organically uh, without so much Fed manipulation. Um, which remember, I know I'm belaboring the point here, but Fed manipulation never is very good in the near term. If the Fed is raising rates, it's because there's inflation. And we, we just went through all the reasons why in the short term that hurts. If the Fed is cutting rates, okay, it is to pump money back into the market because the economy needs it. Typically meaning we're in a tough patch, such as the coronavirus pandemic or the 2008 Great Recession both times where the Fed drastically cut interest rates. So we want to try and get back to that point where we have the equilibrium, the markets, the economy are able to grow organically, and then the Fed can kind of take a step back and hopefully we can get there sooner than later. Thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of the Kaderna podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna. If you have any questions uh, comments. If you want to suggest some more guests for future episodes, that's how we get them on here. Please reach out to us through any of our social media. Just search The Kaderna Podcast, or you can always reach out directly to the Kaderna Podcast at gmail.com. Please spread the good word with your friends. Feel free to leave us a review, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is intended for the general public and for informational purposes only. The show does not provide any recommendations or investment advice regarding any specific account type, service, strategy, or product, or to otherwise act in any fiduciary or other capacity. Please contact a financial professional for guidance and information that is specific to your situation. Brian Kaderna does not provide tax or legal advice. Please contact your accountant or legal advisor to discuss your situation. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Kaderna Financial Team, and opinions stated are their own. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. References to specific securities, asset classes, and financial markets are for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a solicitation, offer, or recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Brian Kaderna is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 300 Broadacres Drive, Suite 175, Bloomfield, New Jersey, 07003. Phone number 973-244-4420.
Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Hederna Financial Team is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0K04194.